Oh, wait. Hey, that bit looks slim, don't it? You know the swag. Boy, it feel good to put the helmet on again. Let's <laughs> get right, man. Damn, that eight, man. Something different, huh? Yeah, that's crazy. That remind me of my, when I was little. I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to play. I'm going to get that eight. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Here's your boy Q. Q. Something every Raider fan wanted to hear happened over the weekend, and that was Josh Jacobs agreeing to a deal and ultimately signing his deal on Sunday. You heard right there in the open, he finally got his hands on that number eight jersey. Ooh-wee, looks good. His words, not mine, right? He was excited about that number eight. Talking about feels good to put a helmet back on. Josh is in the mix, right? We talked about it a lot last week. When is Josh going to come in? When is Josh going to come in? Have people calling? How close do you think it is? Feel like it's close. Well, sooner rather than later, it got wrapped up. Saturday we found out before the Raiders even played the Cowboys in preseason game number three. Sunday they made it official like a referee's whistle with Josh signing on the dotted line and, you know, getting in the mix. And I think it's exciting. I think it's great timing. Right, The first game of the season is not till September 10th. I believe that they have plenty of time to get Josh Jacobs ready for Denver, a team, oh, by the way, that he has a lot of success against. So that was a really good thing that happened on Saturday when we found out the information about Josh Jacobs returning to the Silver and Black with a pretty good-sized little contract, a lot better than what Saquon Barkley got, better than what Tony Pollard got. So I think that even though it wasn't the ultimate goal of the multi-year deal, which is what was wanted by Josh Jacobs and his, his agents of representation, uh, the next best thing that they can do is get a deal worth up to about $12 million with incentives. But, uh, you know, put a, put a little bit extra money on it, get a little bit of signing bonus, and all is good for this year, and that's all that matters at this time. Of course, the Raiders, their front office, and Josh Jacobs and his representation will talk after the season, but that's for after the season. Just knowing that Josh is in the building and ready to rock and roll and ready to get out there on the field and, and get his body acclimated to football activities so he can prepare himself for Denver because the Raiders are going to need him not only in Denver, not only in Buffalo, not only back home against Pittsburgh and L.A., but throughout the course of the 2023 season. So it's good to see and hear Josh Jacobs back in the mix. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I got my man Ari. He's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. And I'll say this, man. The preseason came and went pretty fast, didn't it? I know that it's only three games now, but, man, I remember being at Allegiant Stadium, sitting there uh, at the Coors Light landing right next to Donald Penn, and we were talking about the pregame show. We were doing the pregame show, what to look for throughout the course of, of preseason. And now me and Eddie Pascal sat in the Raiders uh, headquarters, the Intermountain Health Performance Center, the Raiders Pod Center on Saturday night, and we're wrapping up, putting a bow on the, on the preseason. It just went by, boom, just like that. And, man, I can't be more excited about what's to come. Now, obviously, the, the tough part for Dave Ziegler and company is coming up right now. The Raiders have already started to go through the process of uh, letting players go, releasing them or waiving them or putting them on IR, whatever the case may be. By 1 o'clock tomorrow, they have to have it down to 53-man roster. So by the time myself and Ari take the airwaves tomorrow, you'll know what the initial 53-man roster is. So, you know, not to, not to uh, be spoiler, but that will obviously be what be what we lead the show off with tomorrow is the 53-man roster. If there's any surprise moves, if there isn't any surprise moves, whatever the case may be, obviously that will be a big-time conversation tomorrow who's in and who's not. And we got plenty of good conversations for you this afternoon as well. But just know that preseason's over, training camp is over. Now it's literally practice. Raiders practice preparing 
for the Denver Broncos week one. I just went through my calendar while I was at the radio station earlier today, and I was writing down all the games and what the kickoff time was, what time the pregame show started at, where we're going to be at for this, that, and the other, all the primetime games. Like, I, it's, it's official. When you start writing everything down, where you're going to be throughout the course of the year, like I'll be at Oyo every single Monday night for Monday Night Football like I've been the last couple seasons. I'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings for every Friday just like I was last year. Harry Ruiz will do the same thing. He'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings before me, two hours before me on uh, Deportes from noon to two, and then I'll rock it two to five, send you to the weekend the right way. That's what I know. I know Clay Baker's going to be at Chickies and Pete's for Thursday Night Football. That's what he does. Right? I mean, that's, that's when you know, man. When you start writing everything down on the calendar and all of a sudden those little boxes on your calendar on your desk start getting filled, you know that it's go time. So it is absolutely go time. Very excited about football season as I am each and every year. Glad that it's here. Glad that the preseason is done and behind us, and now it's on to Denver. So that's what the whole 100% focus will be about is the Raiders and the Denver Broncos. Coming up on the show today at 2.30, our normal Monday guest, Ed Grady from the RJ, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, of course, our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. And now that he's not running around with the, the Little Leaguers, the Henderson Little Leaguers, he's uh, 100% focused on the Raiders. Of course, he's focused on UNLV as well, but uh, Ed Grady's got his uh, finger on the pulse of the silver and black, so we'll talk to him uh, at 2.30, talking about what he saw from that preseason game number three. And I'll tell you right now, I was not very impressed with that preseason game number three. And maybe it was, a, it was a reality check for Raider Nation. Maybe it was a reality check for myself. But what I saw from preseason game number three, I thought that the team was going to go out and some guys were really going to try to separate themselves from the rest of everybody, but not so much. That was not the case. So not too sure – uh, what was the motivation or what wasn't the motivation that happened on uh, Saturday against, uh, against the Dallas Cowboys as Dallas defeated the Raiders 31-16, and we know that it doesn't matter wins and losses. I only think that what matters in the preseason is how you achieve those wins and losses, and I was not impressed at all with what the Raiders did, what they put on film for their final preseason game. But Ed will talk to us. Maybe he'll share different feelings. We'll talk to him coming up at 2.30, all things silver and black. At 3 o'clock, Ari Mayrov, our good friend from the 33rd he'll join the show to talk all things NFL. Right, we're going to get his thoughts on if there's going to be some, some players on the move. We've seen a bunch of trades. If there's going to be some trades made, there could be trades made this week. That's what I'm expecting. I know there's some guys that are out there on the open market, like a Derek Barnett from the Eagles. I remember being in Philly when, when the Eagles drafted him, and everyone, all the Philly fans, like booed him. And he was a hell of a player coming out of Tennessee, but that's not who the Eagle fans wanted at the draft. So when the uh, Eagles drafted him, man, everybody booed. I remember standing at the front of the, the Rocky Steps with my guy Mike Gill uh, from ESPN in New Jersey, and he was, you know, hey, that's a good player, but the Eagle fans didn't want to hear that. Anyway, he's really far behind on the depth chart as far as, uh, as, far as the Eagles and their edge rushers go. So he's a guy that could be potentially on the move. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, he's trying to get – get dealt before Tuesday, that deadline that they've put in there in place. And uh, there's other guys that could be on the move as well. So we'll talk to Ari Mayrov, 33rdteam.com, all things NFL, what the Arizona Cardinals are doing. They might as well go out and sign every player named Tank because that's exactly what they're doing. That is the ultimate tank job that they got going on there. They uh, released Colt McCoy, their longtime backup quarterback. They released him. Joshua Dobbs is the guy they traded for last week. And then they have uh, Clayton Toon, the young man out of Houston, a rookie, as a quarterback. They put Kyler Murray on the pup list, so he's going to miss at least four games. Of course, they've traded uh, – or DeAndre Hopkins is gone. He's, he's now, uh, what, in Tennessee? That's, yeah, he's in Tennessee now. Uh, you know, Buda Baker, I'm expecting maybe he's going to get moved sooner rather than later. Who knows? But Arizona's got their own thing going on. But, again, we'll talk all things NFL with Ari Mayrod from the 33rdteam.com coming up at 3 o'clock. Then 
Longtime NFL cornerback Mark McMillan will join us at 3.30. Really wanted to have him on as a former player and as a guy that had to work his tail off to make rosters. I mean, he let me know that, man, Q, I got anxiety for these players right now. I got anxiety. And it's not even him that's going to have to get a phone call from someone and say, hey, your services are no longer uh, wanted or needed here with this organization. There's going to be over 1,100 guys released in the next few days. 1,100 players across the National Football League will be out of a job. Now, some are going to get picked up immediately. Some will get picked up from other teams. Others might go on a practice squad. But a lot of times, these other guys are going to be looking for jobs at the XFL, maybe in the CFL. Maybe they'll be going back to their their hometown and working at the grocery store. I mean, who knows, right? Life changes quick, fast, and in a hurry when you lose that job that you had. You know, so that's a, a lot of guys are going to be out on the open market hoping that they get picked up by another team if they get released. Like Will Greer, for example, who we saw on Saturday for the Cowboys. He already knew going into that game that he was going to get released after they made the trade for Trey Lance. And what did he do? He went out there and balled out. He's like, you know what, if I'm going to get released by this team, there's 31 other teams that can use a backup, and I'm going to show this team or these, this league what I can do. So he gave himself a chance. I don't think the Raiders, too many players on the Raiders team gave themselves a chance outside of Christian Wilkerson. <laughs> Everyone else was kind of like, eh. You know, kind of, kind of, and I, and I don't want to sound too negative on a preseason game, but I really expected that that team that was out there on the field on Saturday to really go out there and put the best thing they had, the best work they had on film to try to get themselves a, a job uh, with, with another team if they don't get, you know, retained by the silver and black. And it just seemed like that wasn't there. Uh, seemed like Dallas had their way with the Raiders way too easily on Saturday. So uh, Mark, Mark McMillan, former NFL defensive back, will join us at 3.30, talk about what this kind of day, the next few days, next 48 hours means to an NFL player, talk about the Raiders and what he's seen from them in training camp as he's been out at the Intermountain Health Performance Center just like I've been out there. He's been eyeing the team, checking out the defense, checking out the defensive backs. He'll just uh, pick the brain of a former NFL defensive back that did it at a very high level. Really good defensive back in Mark McMillan. He'll join us coming up at uh, 3.30 to talk about, well, just everything that goes on at this stage of the game when it comes down to trimming the roster. So those are the live guests that we have today. Ed Graney at 2.30, Ari Mayrov at 3, Mark McMillan at 3.30. Also, you'll hear from Devontae Adams with Vinny Bonsignor, Aiden O'Connell with Vinny Bonsignor, and Tyree Wilson with Vinny Bonsignor, all following the game on Saturday, a little locker room action. He was there in Big D. Matter of fact, I think he's still making his way back. From, uh, from Dallas. He was on the plane. He literally texted me last night. He was on the plane, and they were about to take off, and then something, some like emergency light came on. So they all had to deplane, and I've been there, done that. If there's one thing I can tell you about is bad luck on the plane. <laughs> I'm the, I am the guy with the worst travel luck. And the thing about it is 99% of the time when I have bad travel luck, it's when I'm by myself. I only had bad travel luck with the wife once. And that happened to be on our way to our honeymoon, so that wasn't a great first impression. But, you know, these things happen, right? You ain't perfect at first. <laughs> but for now, every time since then, everything's been good when we travel. But when I travel by myself, when I'm headed to a game or somewhere or an event like the draft or the combine or something like that, something always happens, man. It's, I have the worst luck when it comes to, uh, comes to flying and traveling by myself. So that's why I like to drive places. Because at least I'm in control. When I'm driving, I'm in control. And if I mess up, well, that's on me. But, man, you leave it into the hands of someone else. Things, things always happen. So Vinny's on his way back. He should be back on the morning tailgate tomorrow morning. But he got some really good sound with Devontae Adams, Aiden O'Connell, and Tyree Wilson. We'll hear that throughout the course of the show. Uh, Brian Baldinger, he, uh, he did one of his breakdowns on rookie Tyree Wilson as he made his debut on Saturday. That was really good. And then probably around 4 o'clock, 
I want you to hear the conversation I had on the pregame show with Matt Millen. And Matt's fantastic. He's great. But we were talking about the defense. We were talking about the linebacker room. And he brought up his concerns with the Raiders linebackers. And, and I think that everyone agrees that that could potentially be the, the weak link right now on the Raiders defense. Uh, I felt pretty decent about him at one point, thinking that the room was pretty deep. But, you know, Matt brings up some really good points about him. And, and then, of course, they lost a couple guys, lost one guy uh, to, to, to IR and Darian Butler. So he's done for the season. So they're, they're kind of thin in that room as far as linebackers go. I don't know if they're in play to make a, a move or not. They could, as I was talking about trades that could potentially happen. There's guys out there that they could be interested in. Old pal Nicholas Morrow is a guy that could be made available. Uh, Patrick Queen from the Ravens is a guy that could be available. So there's there's some linebackers. I know the Texans just released one of their linebackers, longtime linebacker that was a captain for them last year and had a lot of production. So there's different options out there if Dave Ziegler and company choose to go in that direction. But uh, we'll uh, we'll hear from Matt Millen a couple things that he brought up on the pregame show that I did on Saturday that I thought was really good. So as you can tell, we got a loaded show for you today. Plus, we want to hear from you. 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, text line at 69187, keyword r So with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. There you go. I like that. I like that. Opening drive in your ear hole here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Fine work in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio by my man Ari. Got a couple questions that I'd like to throw out there to you, and then we'll hit the phone lines. First of all, who is a guy that you're hoping makes the 53-man roster? Maybe a guy who's flying under the radar, but you know he's a sneaky good player. Whoever you've seen and you've noticed throughout the course of training camp and preseason, you're like, you know what? That dude deserves a spot on the roster, or you feel like he deserves a spot on the roster, and you're hoping that the Raiders can find a way to, to hold on to him. That's the first question. And then this is a question that was actually posed to me last, I think, Thursday when I was over at Circa, and Lindsey Brown was part of the show as well, is who do you believe will be the surprise release? Who do you think could be on the roster bubble that may end up being a surprise to some folks? That, oh, yeah, that guy's not going to get released, and then he does. I feel like every year it happens, right? Every year there's at least one that you look up and say, oh, wow, didn't quite expect that one, but it happens. Again, never rooting for someone to get released because I understand this is their jobs and it stinks to, to lose their job, but some, some are inevitable, right? Some you just happen to know. Plus, when you have 90 men on the roster, you know, well, you got to get it down to 53. So everyone can't stay, even though they'd love to keep everybody along. It just that's not the name of the game. So, again, the two questions that I have to you, who is the guy that you're hoping is going to make the 53-man roster? Maybe someone flying under the radar you've noticed throughout preseason that you think is pretty good and think he could be a big-time contributor for the Raiders? And then who do you believe – will be the surprise release, if you think there will be a surprise release. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r Let's get things started with Raider X. Fire it up, my man. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, so uh, first on your, on your question, and good afternoon to you. Uh, yes, sir. Is uh, Cam, Cam Sims. I think Cam Sims is going to be a surprise coming out. Um I know everybody's got their eye on us. Really, not a big surprise. I mean, I, I really do think that uh, he is. A, I, I like him better than all the other tall receivers, receivers that are on the bubble. Um, I, I think that he's got a lot of upswing. I really like on how he uses his height and his mm-hmm. size. Uh, it looks like they really have figured out that he can go up and grab, you know, get that high, that high point. Yeah. Um, he, he's a big dude. Yeah. And um, he's only going to get better. What does he have? A year in the a year in the league. 
something like he's he's yeah he's limited. I know he hasn't been in the league too long. I'll let you know for sure in a yeah, second. He, he looks good, and then my my surprise but release five I, years, five years experience. Sorry, five years in the league for Cam. Oh, oh, there you go, there you go. So he's so he's already got the NFL body, and he's he's going in. He's still in this, and now it's just learning really the the little the little uh, nuances uh, to the game out there. So yeah, but he looks good. I mean, he definitely that size and learning that over the top and those balls. I mean, there's certain balls that that uh, O'Connell has has put out there. It looks like they're really taking advantage of the mismatches, and that's what you'd love to see exploiting the mismatches. Um, Keenan Cole, um, I, I like him. It looks like he's 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 found a groove, but I think he's going to get cut. It, it's you know the other one is pretty obvious. It, it seems like you know Amik is always fighting it. I know last year it looked like he was he was done. Uh, he somehow snuck on and has a has a you know a, a semi-productive season. And it looks like he, he has certain games where he's he's on it. I mean, right. he did take one to the house. So, yeah. you know, I mean, he's he's there. Um, you know, I just wanted to make a, a, a quick little assessment, look on, on the preseason, what I'm so excited about. The, the 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 talent. There's so much more talent. And that's yep. what I was talking about last last week is that, man, these cuts, they really got me, you know, thinking like there's, there's going to be some hard cuts. You're going to see some people like, damn. You know, they're going to be on another team. There's just so much more talent than there was last year. Right. But what the difference was from the first game, the second game, and that last game against Dallas was you saw a lot more talented players out there on that third and fourth stringers, but they looked lost. Yeah. They looked like they did last year, a lot of the defensive players. They looked lost. Or even the offensive players. They just they looked like they were thinking. They looked slow. They look like they they were out of position, like they were looking over. The, it's kind of when you see the you know a dance routine and everybody's peeking at the next person next to them. Right. They just did not look in sync. Uh, it looked it looked bad. And I think by as the game went on, it kind of messed with their overall you know their energy, and it, it looked listless. And uh, it was it was getting sapped out there. It just did not look good. It was a bad performance. Uh, yeah, there was some bright spots is there. You can see a lot of good players, just not a good team effort. Uh, that's about all I got, man. I appreciate your insight. And I keep up the good work, too. Thank you. Hey, but great call, Raider X. Great call. Fantastic stuff, especially when it comes to Cam Sims. I feel like that there's such a role for him. Like, that's a guy that I'm, I'm looking at as well that I think should make the 53-man roster. If for no other reason, his size, like you pointed out, he's six foot five. The Raiders don't have that flavor. Right? You know what I mean? And I said this to Josh McDaniels on Sunday. We met with him in the uh, – we had a little Zoom call with him. And I told – I asked him, I said, well, what traits are you looking for in wide receiver? Because you've got a bunch of different flavors in that room, right? And, and they do. So, you know, you can have the size of a Cam Sims. You can have the speed of a DeAndre Carter. You can have the speed of a Philip Dorsett. You can have the speed of a Trey Tucker. You can have the, the just all-around great wide receiver and Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro. I mean, there's so many different options that they have in that room. Keelan Cole, you brought him up. It's going to make that, that decision tough. So, you, one, you've got to be able to do a bunch of different things. I think Cam Sims is a dude that should definitely make the roster. So I'm with you on that, I, and and I'm not I'm not writing off a of Meek, damn it! I've I've done it too many times, man. I ain't writing him off. I'm not. He 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 had an okay game on Saturday. I was hoping that he was gonna have that. A Meek Robinson like uh, put the nail in the coffin, like it's a done deal. I'm 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 on this roster, and ain't nobody telling me nothing. Type type play. He didn't do that, but again, like nobody did. Nobody stood out. Christian Wilkerson was the best player. It looked like the two best players on the on the field. <laughs> On the field, in my opinion, on Saturday, Will Greer for the Cowboys and Christian Wilkerson for the Raiders. They might as well have been playing catch with each other. 
right? Because, I mean, Wilkerson was fantastic and Greer was amazing. So, that was – I mean, those are really the, the two standouts. I know the Cowboys had other players that stood up as well and did a good job. I mean, you put up 31 points, you've got to have uh, plenty of production. But Wilkerson, it almost felt like they were showcasing him to me. It felt like a showcase. Like, hey, if there's a team out there that wants to – that needs a wide receiver that's got some really good hands and got some good footwork, this guy right here. Now, maybe the Raiders are trying to – Trying to hold on to him, too, but they were going to him so much it felt like a showcase. But that's just me. But thank you so much for that, uh, Raider X. I do appreciate it. 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword r Who's the guy that you hope makes the 53-man roster that could be flying under the radar? Someone that you feel like can give some good production to the silver and black? And who do you think will be that surprise release? Let us know about it. Let's go out to Sacramento, the 916. Raider Greg, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q, man. Love the show, man. You're the best in the biz, man. For the first one, the one that I want to make it is Palomao, man. I, I, I really see a lot in that guy. I mean, it just seems like that DB room in general is just packed. Um, and, I, you know, even listening to Hondo, he kind of mentioned he thought that he might not make it. I really hope he does. Cause I, I just feel like he flashes. He just needs some more time on that field. Yeah. Um, and the guy that I think I, I have to agree with the caller, and I, I hate to say it because he's a dog, but I, I think Amik is going to be the surprise. <laughs> Right. It's the same thing I say about that DB room. I love Amik. Yeah. He's got that dog mentality that you're just born with. But I just – it just seems like – like I remember one day you said something where it's like guys are there, but they're just there. That's yep. kind of how I've been feeling about him. Like he's there, and we he, he helped us last year when we really needed it, when we didn't have nobody to depend on. But I just – I feel like that room is deep too where yeah, it he is. might be the odd man out when you could just bring in a young guy. Yeah, he could Thanks be. Again, yeah, absolutely. Hey, thanks for the call, man. Great stuff. And yeah, Amit could be on the on the you know on the outside looking in. Uh, and, and you know, one of the things that he didn't do really well that would have helped him solidify that spot is even in that Rams game where he had multiple opportunities to come up with interceptions. He came up with the pass breakup, but the ball was right there in his hands. And that was one of the things I did point out that you got to make the play. Like Palomao made the play, even though it was a simple one. It looked like a simple one against the Rams. He took it to the house. He made the play. Amik put one that was pretty easy as well on the turf, and you you can't you've got to be able to come up with those plays. I don't want to I don't want to say he's on the outside looking in because I've done that I feel like every year, and I'm wrong. Not that I'm mad that I'm wrong. I don't care because like you, I like him a lot. I think he has a you know that dog in him like you're mentioning. I just I don't feel like I should doubt him again, <laughs> even though that room is deep, and I do think Palomau uh, makes this spot. I think he makes the roster. I think that he's got a lot of upside, and I think this team really likes him. I, I really do believe that Josh McDaniels, Patrick Graham, Dave Ziegler, I think that they really like what they see in him, and he's got nice size. He's got nice range. He obviously can make plays on the ball. He came up with a couple interceptions in training camp, came up with that pick six against the Rams. He, I think he's got a lot of upside. I really do. So uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I would not be shocked at all if he makes the roster. But that, again, like you said, uh, I talked about the wide receiver room. The cornerback room, the secondary is thick too. There is so much competition, which is great. I love it because then you, I mean, you don't feel like, okay, you're just keeping this guy on the roster because you need to have one more cornerback or one more safety. You feel like you're keeping this dude on the roster because he earned it, right, and that he's going to be a difference maker. And I think that uh, Isaiah has an opportunity to really be a difference maker on that back end. And I don't know what the, you know, what the future holds for Trayvon Merrick. I think this is a big year for him. But as long as you have competition, and you know there is competition. Chris Smith is there. Palomar is there. Uh, you know, there's uh, Teamers there. I mean, there's, there's a lot of safeties that could compete. Teamer we know is a big special teams guy as well. 
right? That, like, that's one of his one of his claim to fame is his special teams. So uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting breakdown. Who's who's gonna go? Who's gonna stay? Uh, Merrick, I mentioned him having a big year or this being a big year. I don't think at all that he's you know in trouble for the roster. I just think that he has to have a big year this year. I think he's got to go out there and show that he understands what Patrick Graham wants to do. I think Marcus Epps has really helped him kind of break out of whatever little funk he was in before. So I do think he's going to be better, but he's got to prove it, right? We have Raider Matt calling all the time. He's like, Hugh, I know that's your boy. I know that's your boy, but he ain't really cutting it, and there's nothing I can say because, you know, it's out there. It's not like <laughs> it's not like he's playing behind the scenes and ain't nobody seeing it. I mean, we've all seen it. We've all seen the opportunities he's had to make the plays and the plays he hasn't come up with. So, you know, I'm hoping that with Marcus Epps, him and, him and Marcus Epps being really kind of inseparable, that he's going to continue to grow in this defense. And, I mean, he's a young cat. You want to have as much young talent as possible. And, that's, I mean, that's why I root for a guy like that. That's why I root for a guy like Amik, right, a guy like Nate Hobbs, because they're young. If these guys could develop into something, you could have these guys for, for quite a while. Like Marcus Peters, I'm excited about him this year. But, I mean, we all know that, like he said, I'm the OG in the room. So he's got, you know, a couple years probably max before he says, hey, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> right? Because <laughs> you know he will. You know he'll say it just like that. So that's, that's, I mean, you want that young talent to continue to develop, develop, and develop some more. One quick text, and then we'll take a break. Uh, Glenn in San Jose said, what up, Q? I'll be surprised if Christian Wilkerson gets cut. I just think he really put the work in this preseason. That's Glenn in San Jose. He did. He really did, especially last game. <laughs> he really put in the work, right? Uh, I'm just I'm looking at the dynamic of that room, and, and I'm trying to figure out what he does that separates himself from everyone else, right? That's, that's my biggest thing, and that's why I think a guy like Cam Sims with his size would be more desirable than Wilkerson. But, again, he has put in the work. He's shown that he can go up and make the tough catch. He's shown that he can catch, catch the ball in volumes. He's shown that he can get his feet down in the back of the end zone when he needs to. He needs to have that toe-tap swag. I mean, he's shown all that. You're absolutely right. I just think that if they were to, to release him and try to put him on, on, way, or on uh, the practice squad, someone's going to come pluck him and, and take him off the practice squad. So I think that, if anything, they might want to try to, show, like I said, showcase him on Saturday and really see if they can get someone to, to bite and go ahead and, and make a trade for him just because they have so many guys in that room. But – you could absolutely be right. I thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate it. So that's the question or the questions that I threw out there to you. Who is the guy that you hope will make the 53-man roster, a guy that could possibly be flying under the radar but be a sneaky good player for the silver and black? And who do you think will be the surprise release? 69187, keyword R&R. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padala. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. First and 10, 4.45 to go here in the second. O'Connell is going to hand it off up the middle. Big hole! Big hole! It'll be a touchdown for the Raiders! Damian Williams off the left side, charges into the end zone. Touchdown, Las Vegas Raiders. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I mentioned earlier in the show, guys that really try to put their best foot forward on Saturday in preseason game number three. 
I failed to mention Damian Williams. Six carries, 54 yards. You just heard that 24-yard touchdown run right there. He was one of the few wearing silver and black that was actually putting a big effort in uh, to what he was doing. And this is a guy that's been in the league eight years and has a Super Bowl ring. And he was out there busting it, trying to make somebody's roster, whether it be the Raiders or another one of the 31 teams in the NFL. Again, I didn't see a whole lot of that in general from the silver and black. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Joining us now on the phone lines, our good friend from the RJ, that's Ed Grady. He's also on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, the press box with Tyler Bischoff. And, Ed, thanks so much for your time, my man. I do appreciate you. And now that uh, chasing the Little League World Series is over, man, what did you see from the silver and black on Saturday? Did anything stand out to you in their game against the Cowboys? It's so hard because nobody played um, except for a few guys. Uh, So, uh, I I I want to say that they're lucky they don't have to face Will Greer at all. Uh, <laughs> yes. for the rest of the for the rest of the season because that might that might not make it good for them. Um, but no, uh, mostly backups. Q getting ready for the regular season. Um, I did like uh, Damian Williams' run there. That was pretty cool for them and for him. Like you said, he's trying to make a team, trying to make the cut. Um, but no, not not really. I was interested in Aiden O'Connell. Probably not you know his best of the three games, but uh, still. You know, still managed some things, didn't throw a pick, um, you know, didn't make a huge mistake. Um, so that's – I'm fascinated with what they do at quarterback because there's a few ways they could go here. Well, what what different directions do you think that they can go? What, what, what kind of intrigues you about that quarterback role? Well, I mean, they could release Hoyer and then bring him back. Um, and you know the rules this year about the 53 and on game day. Although, yeah. uh, excuse me, on the 46 and game day, but on the 53, you'd have to count against it. So you could release him and try to get an extra body in there and bring him back. Um, I think you and I were on the uh, uh, call yesterday with Josh McDaniels. I think when he says nothing set in stone, we talked about this in the press box this morning, I absolutely think that means that he's going to go with Brian Hoyer to start as the backup. Um, when you say nothing set in stone, meaning you've got this kid who's played really well, who's a fourth-round draft pick, but you know, do they think he's ready to go into a real NFL game with real – with real schemes and real blitzing packages and not as much vanilla stuff as he probably saw. I don't know if they think that. And if they don't think that, then, you know, I'm sure they'll carry three and Hoyer will be the backup. Yeah, I can see that. And then at some point, maybe throughout the course of the season, if they feel like Aiden O'Connell is ready, they can elevate him to that number two spot. Uh, But I I, I take that, and I'm glad you pointed out that comment that he said, nothing set in stone. It kind of feels like this is the plan right now, but it's subject to change. Right, right. This the plan is. And I'm look. I think Aiden O'Connell played well enough to be the backup. Um, I will go back and say, and I was talking to Adam Hill, my colleague. He made a lot of, a lot of good points about what he really saw um, with a lot of these with a lot of these games. What did he really see uh, in terms of blitz, blitz packages and whether it was vanilla or not? You don't really know. Saw a lot of backups. So is he really ready to be thrown into an NFL game? We don't know yet. Right. Um, but I I would make him the backup. You drafted him in the fourth round. You drafted him for a reason. Um, you know, Brian Hoyer has been around for a really, really long time. I understand the whole familiarity concept and knowing Josh McDaniels, but man, um, I would go with the kid at number two. I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to go with Hoyer at number two. And, and at the end of the day, like Tyler mentioned this morning on our show, it's still the backup quarterback. We don't want to get too crazy about it, but you do have a starter who gets injured, um, and has been injured in the past. So maybe this backup quarterback discussion is a little more important than perhaps other teams where the starter has not been as injury prone as Jimmy G. 
Right. Yeah. You. I mean, you definitely need to pay attention to who the who the backup is with the Raiders, just because of Jimmy right. G. And you don't want to put the injury on him, you know, and say that that's going to happen. But I mean, just going back and look at history, you got to go by history. Right. Exactly. More times than not. Well, let me ask you this: When it comes to Brian Hoyer, uh, do you think that he could be a guy that can? basically give that attention to Aiden O'Connell and really help kind of develop him. You know, in the regular season, there's not a lot of focus on the third-string quarterback, so maybe that could help be Brian Hoyer's role is to help Aiden O'Connell along? I mean, you'd hope Brian Hoyer's been in it long enough to where, you know, he would do that. Uh, what's he been, 15 years, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, he's 37. Yep. Um, so you'd hope that he would reach out and, on a daily basis and really try to groom the guy that, you know, uh, either he's going to be number two or eventually down the road they'll give a shot to after drafting him. So, yeah, he could be that guy. He could be that mentor. And, and you know, talking to Hoyer, as you and I did when he was in the media room with us, um, I got the feeling he was a team player and about all about the team. And, you know, he hasn't played much in his career, hasn't started very much, hasn't won very much in his career, but uh, still been around a really long time, been in a lot of meetings, been in a lot of, you know, different, you know, schemes and, you know, what what guys want to do in this league. So, he could definitely be a great sounding board for O'Connell, and I, I hope he would be. I hope he wouldn't take it as a competition. I, I, I hope he'd be, you know, the other way around and, and saying that, hey, you know, I'm going to help this kid get ready if, in fact, he has to play. Ed Graney is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. You can check out Ed's work in the RJ, the Review Journal, and, of course, you can hear him on ESPN Las Vegas, our sister station. Well, on Saturday before the game, the Raiders got a couple pieces of really good news. Off top, Josh Jacobs agreed to a deal. We've been talking about him each and every week. He signs his deal on Sunday, so he's back in the mix. Does he have enough time now to get ready for Denver, in your opinion, Ed? I mean, he he looks in shape when he walked in the building. I'm sure he's in good shape. He's in, you know, uh, cardiovascular shape. Football shape's a completely different thing. But, yeah, I think he does. Um, I think he'll play against Denver. How much, I'm not so sure. Um, but I think he'll play, you know, Zamir White will get carries against Denver. To me, the more fascinating part is what's going to happen after Denver when he is, you know, when he does take some hits. Are they going to do last year? And Josh McDaniel said this in one of the media uh, availabilities where he said, I don't know why his role would change. Right. Which means, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy loads of Josh Jacobs and, you know, see if he can handle that, see if he can stay healthy and upright. Um, so, I, you know, how much he'll go against Denver, I'm not so sure. But by the time they get to Buffalo, if he's good and he's taking his hits, I think it'll be back to next year or back to last year. I'm not so sure that's the best thing. I mean, uh, it might be for the Raiders overall, but I think you want to see a little more Zamir White. And then again, Q, I mean, um, it could be one of those situations where you just run him to death again this year. You don't have – you're not – tied to him next year right you know you can walk away next year you don't have to tag him next year Samir White would still be on a rookie contract um you know you you maybe he's the guy then so I'm not going to be surprised if they at least try to do what they did last year now production's one thing whether he stays healthy is another thing but I think they're going to go into it with McDaniel saying why would the rules you know why would his role change how much of a concern should it be with Zamir White and what he did, especially against Dallas? He only ran the ball three times for three yards, but he just looked like he didn't have any life to him, and as soon as he got touched, he went down immediately. Yeah. Well, maybe he heard the Josh sign beforehand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> maybe that was it, and he thought he was the guy, and all of a sudden Josh was back. Right. I don't know. I mean, you have to. You just have to see. You traded up to get him in the fourth round. Um, like I said, I, I would prefer them give him more than 17 carries this year yeah. just to see what you have in him. But, again, you, you come back to the point of if you don't and he's completely healthy next year, he's still in his rookie deal, um, and if you do think he can be the guy, you run Jacobs to death again, and that wouldn't surprise me if they did that. Um, 
and and waited on Zamir White. So I don't take much from the other night uh, on him. Um, I think he had a good camp. I think he, you know, I think the, the number one uh, reps were invaluable to him. You know, Dave Ziegler said he's become a better pass catcher. He's been become a better blocker. Um, probably not, you know, great at either of those things right now. But you know, he's got to become better to become a complete back in the league. Um, but you know, again, I if Josh Jacobs produces, I think it's going to be Josh Jacobs a lot. Yeah, it's got to be. It really feels like it's got to be, and uh, I don't think it'll be you know to the tune of 343 carries like you had last year. But uh, to your point with what Josh McDaniel said, don't think his role is going to change too much. Maybe it will be 343 carries. Yeah, well, you, it <laughs> might be 360. Right, exactly. He might have 393 touches, and they're all carries as opposed exactly. to catching the ball as well like he did last year. Again, Ed Graney is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Wanted to ask you about Tyree Wilson. That was the other piece of good yeah. news that the Raiders got. He made his Raider debut, played a handful of snaps. Uh, what did you see from Tyree? Did you like what you saw? Did you see why the Raiders selected him at number seven? What were your overall thoughts? I mean, I liked when he pushed the tackle into the quarterback. Right. Um, you know, he lost leverage one of the plays. But, man, on that one play, and I know it's just one play in preseason, so you can't get too excited. But he looked quick off the ball. He looked pretty explosive. Um and yeah, that was a good play. I don't know how I many. What? What? How many plays did he get? He just only got a handful, right? Yeah, I think about so twelve. Twelve players. So you yeah. couldn't really tell that much. But you know, if he's got if he's got that speed and push that we saw in the one play, uh, he's going to help them a lot. You know, if the if the foot ha- holds up and and you know that that's okay. Um, so I like the uh, play we saw him take the. I think it was the right tackle. Yeah. And uh, just move him into Will Greer uh, like it was nothing, like it was a rag doll. So. Probably, you know, playing against a backup. But, you know, look, you play against who you play against. Right. I mean, you, you, you got to – that's what that's what preseason, especially the third game, is going to be anyway. So do your best and have good plays. And that play stood out as someone with a lot of, uh, a lot of explosiveness off the line. What did you think about the way that they moved him around? Again, he only played in a handful of snaps, but even Coach McDaniels pointed it out on Sunday in our media call that they were able to move him up and down the line of scrimmage and put him on both sides of the ball, and he was able to play out there. Yeah, well, I mean, we know who's going to be the two outside guys to start, right? Yep. But we also don't know where one of the guys is going to be compared to last year if he's going to improve his numbers and he's going to be better. So um, I I think you get Tyree Wilson involved as much as you can early um, if, he, if he's completely healthy. And if he's going to, be, if he's going to win a job out there, um, he's going to win a job out there. We know one guy's going to be great, Max Crosby. You know, Chandler Jones, you know, we know what kind of year he had last year. But uh, I I like that they moved him up and down the line. They're just trying to try to find the best place for him. I mean, again, you drafted him that high. You got to give him a shot. You got to give him a chance. You don't draft a guy that high and not play him and not not want him to make it be a difference maker. Um, so I think that's what they're going to do with him. And again, if he holds up healthy, I think they probably have a pretty special player. We we talked about it before the draft. You know, he was high on a lot of people's draft lists. Um, uh, I know a lot of people liked him. So if he, you know, if he's got that explosion and he stays healthy, I think he'll play a lot. I'll tell you what, he could be a big difference maker to really help out with Max Crosby if he's able to get out there and, and perform at a high level. Yep. And then whatever you get from Chandler Jones, I feel like is an extra bonus. Well, Ed, as we wrap yep. this up, do you, uh, is there anyone that you see that could be on the roster bubble that might end up being a, a surprise release that we're talking about tomorrow? Might be. You know what? I'm going to go um, to the offensive line. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm not sure on Alex Bars. Um, uh, are, are you sure on Jermaine Eleanor? Um I think Jermaine made it. I think he's made the, the roster. I'm not sure what his role will be, if he's be a swing tackle or start out at the right tackle spot. Yeah. 
it'll be interesting with Alex Bars in a fight there at guard. Yeah. But I'm going to be interested, and I'll be interested to see how many receivers they keep. Yeah. Um, how many receivers are, are in the room? But there's always a surprise. There's always a name. You said, man, you can't believe the guy got cut, and there'll be one or two of those. And uh, again, I'm going to go to the. I'm going to watch what they do at quarterback. Whether they keep them all, whether they release Hoyer and try to bring him back in some form or fashion. Um, that will be interesting to me. And, uh, uh, again, the offensive line, because those are the guys who have to protect Jimmy G. That is some science right there, some roster gymnastics that Ed Graney is breaking down. I like that, Ed. That's some really good uh, roster gymnastics and, and some science that you're putting to that. That's Tyler Bischoff ought to like that science, man. He's like, he likes those kind of science theories and all that other good stuff. <laughs> little Simone Biles there, baby, little gymnastics. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, Ed, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for, my man? Uh, no more Henderson, so we just uh, go to the Raiders all the time now and get into the season and get get back to practice and start uh, start writing about them. There you go, and UNLV gets into action pretty soon too, yep. so it's it's on the it's on the way as well. So, you know, it's football season, Ed. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, good job as always, man. We definitely appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week. All right, buddy. Talk to you next week. I'll see you. All right, brother. There he goes. Ed Grady from the RJ. He didn't sound too fired up about it being football season. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you ain't got to remind me, Q. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thanks to Ed. He does a fantastic job each and every time he joins us, normally on Mondays at 2.30. We want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 plus at don'tbebroke.com text sign 69187 keyword R&R. Who is the guy that you hope will make the 53-man roster that could be flying under the radar? Someone who you think could be a sneaky good player for the Silver and Black? And who do you believe will be the surprise release? Let us know about it. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Many thanks to Ed Graney. Joined us in the last segment. Talk all things silver and black. We definitely appreciate Graney. You can check out his work on the Las Vegas Review Journal. And, of course, you can hear him every single morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, a press box with Tyler Bischoff. Coming up at the top of the hour, Ari Mayrov from the 33rdteam.com. We'll take a dip around the NFL. Well, Ari does a fantastic job. He'll join us at 3 o'clock. But right now on the phone lines, we'll go out to Denver. Raider Dave, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, man, you remember watching all the preview or preseason games where they had a tight end in for Jacob Johnson? Yes. Yeah, so this is where I think you flip the ace card, and I, and I think it will be a determining factor of how McDaniels wants to run this offense. We don't have a second fullback. So the nope. backup for Jacob, I would think, would either be a running back or a tight end. And the amount of tight ends that they keep is going to dictate whether or not they're going to activate three on a day to go ahead and run a 13 uh, personnel group or a 12 mm-hmm. personnel group. So I think that's really where uh, we can get a, a kind of a tune in to what the emphasis of the offense is going to be. And on top of that, I would think that they're going to have to choose one of those because they don't know exactly who might get picked up off of waivers. So they could go ahead and take Fotheringham or whatever and put him on waivers, but he looks so good. They might feel that he would get picked up over maybe the fourth string, you know, running back or whatever. You got any thoughts on that? That's a hey, that's a good uh, good call, good question right there. And yeah, I mean, I think that the personnel, the way that they do keep their guys on the on the roster, determine who's going to be on the fifty three initially. Because again, when you release them, like you said, Raider Dave, to your point, you're taking a chance of someone else being able to pick them up and swoop them up. And if you put a guy on a practice squad, you're doing the same thing. If if another team decides, hey, this guy is is worthy of a roster spot, they could do that and pluck him for your for your um, your practice squad. So I can I can see us learning a lot. 
based off of the the tight ends and who they keep. I really uh, I like I like Cole Farlingham that you mentioned. I like him. I really do. I'm actually a little disappointed in Austin Hooper to be honest. Right, I've said it a couple times that I thought that maybe he's the surprise cut, but then he didn't play on Sunday or Saturday. So there's that, right? I mean, maybe he's the guy that, no doubt about it, made the roster. But for a veteran like he is in this league, for the mistakes that I saw him make throughout the course of the of, of preseason, I just don't think that that's okay. And I think especially with Coach McDaniel's and the way that they want to run stuff and they want to not shoot themselves in the foot, that those kind of mistakes can't be made. And so if you're going to have a guy that's making mistakes like that, you might as well have a young dude, right, instead of, instead of a guy who you look at as a veteran that you thought was going to be able to play that role. Hooper has kind of disappointed me so far. Now, you know, it's only me. What do I know, right? So, I mean, may, maybe the staff sees something in him that they really like and they really feel like he brings to the table. If that's, that's the case, that's fine. But it, just for me, it's just it, it's, it's too many mistakes that could hurt the Raiders, especially the, the, you know, the, obviously the offensive pass interference stands out to me a lot from that Rams game. Putting the ball on the turf stands out to me in that, in that Rams game. Like you just, you got to be able to do that. You got to secure the ball and you don't need to have an offensive pass interference when you got the size of him. All you got to do is go down there and, and, and body up the, the defender, you know, put him on your backside and make yourself available for the quarterback. You do that, you're good to go. So, uh, I'm interested to see that, that tight end room, who they keep and who they don't keep. We'll tell you a lot about the way that Josh McDaniels and company want to run the offense coming up in 2023. I uh, got a text from Raider James. He said, hey, Q, my guy who deserves a spot is Drake Thomas. Undersized, yes, but he can put on weight. The way he hits the hole is unlike anyone we have had in a long time. Also, his size may be an advantage. He can fit in tighter spaces. I hate to call out a cut, but it's got to be one of the wide receivers because we can't keep nine wide receivers. Go Raiders. That's uh, Raider James. And Yeah, there's no doubt. You can't keep nine wide receivers and you can't keep nine cornerbacks, <laughs> right? I mean, that's just the reality of it, right? I mean, there's just no way that all those guys are going to be able to fit into the mix, and that's why I kind of looked at, at Christian Wilkerson and the, and the performance that, that he had on Saturday as maybe even a showcase, you know, because – they, if they can, instead of releasing them, go ahead and get something for him, even if it's a late-round pick. Who cares? Like, if it's a six-round pick and you feel like that you're going to re- replace him because he's more, he's similar to a, another guy that you have on your roster, I just feel like the more versatility, the better. And I know Wilkerson could do some things on special teams. Cam Sims could do some things on special teams. So that's to their advantage. You know, obviously, Devontae doesn't need special teams. He's good. Hunter, he's good. And he, he does stuff on special teams. He could return. Right? Philip Dorsett, DeAndre Carter, they're kind of similar. Even though DeAndre Carter provides uh, a, a lot of the, the return game, kick return and punt return, Trey Tucker obviously is not going anywhere. I mean, if you keep six, you've got, I mean, there's, there's three guys that you've got you to get rid of, right? Is that Keelan Cole? Is that Cam Sims? Is that Christian Wilkerson? <laughs> right? I mean, is that Philip Dorsett? I mean, the list goes on and on and on who they have. So that's, that's going to be really one of the toughest calls is, is who stays and who doesn't when it comes to the wide receiver room. So uh, thank you so much for that text. Definitely appreciate you. And make sure you continue with that feedback at 69187, keyword R&R. That's 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, we kick off hour number two of the show with Ari Mayrov. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.